Hello, it's Lee Doran here. Welcome to Rodcast, the podcast where we get to meet and chat with some truly fantastic people from within the Salesforce ecosystem. My goal for this podcast is to help and inform people who either already perhaps work in the Salesforce ecosystem or maybe you're thinking of breaking into it to understand what's good about it, what could be better, where there are opportunities and what some of the most amazing people in this space, how they got into it, where their career took them and what their plans are for the future. Hope you enjoy it and please help me to reach as many people as possible within Salesforce by leaving some comments and sharing all feedback Welcome. So yeah, hope you enjoy. So joining me today is Gemma Emmett, who is a bit of a Salesforce legend and correct me, Gemma, if I'm wrong, an MVP now as well? Yes. Yeah. Recently minted. Minted? Nice. <laughs> What's the term that people use? Oh, right. I didn't realise. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, yeah thank, thanks for joining me um, on the first one of these. So that's uh, very kind of you to, to go gentle on me. Um, yeah, well, I, I want to just have a chat about the 10 or 11 years, I think now, that you've been working in, in Salesforce and, and the, the, you know, the journey you've been on, which I think is pretty crazy having had a look at your um, background in terms of the kind of companies you've worked for and, and where you've where how you started and where you are now um so that we can share that with people and and people that are out there that are thinking of maybe getting into salesforce uh, how to do it and you know follow someone like yourself really so um remind me is it 11 years it is 11 years and i think actually i remember you guys were one of the first firms um, of recruiters that I actually got in touch with um, just as I was finishing off being an administrator and moving into consultancy so we've been speaking constantly over that 10-year period and it's just incredible to see how that market um, has grown for the recruit for the recruiter firms as well it's just been incredible yeah I, I um, it, your, yeah your story is, is, is unique yet not um there, there are other people on on similar trajectories. If you think eleven years ago, you correct me if I'm wrong. Was your first exposure to Salesforce was that at Dun and Bradstreet, or did you do it before that? It was at Dun and Bradstreet. Yeah, um, it's quite funny actually because my background was always data analysis, so I was working on spreadsheets and pulling reports, and I um, made a mutual decision with a previous employer to leave and look for a job and they said you're going to be in sales ops and you get we're early adopters of this thing called salesforce so <laughs> yeah. and I, oh great another place i can pull reports from great and then i started to to understand um fairly quickly that i wouldn't have to be pulling reports and putting them all into spreadsheets that it was all online and and that my job was so much more than pulling data and analyzing results now it was more supporting people with the tool and the role kind of evolved because I was pulling data and helping to keep people um, helping to keep the sales pipeline as accurate as it could be by supporting people and then the and then for me I realized I really enjoyed doing that and I really enjoyed looking after Salesforce and I really liked the idea that it was online and that you didn't have to install it on any computers or anything like that and <laughs> That's how it started, and as I started to learn it, um, Dun and Bradstreet were prepared to invest in me going on courses and doing the certifications, which were quite new back then. I oh, think yeah. it was 2008. And yeah. 
And was it? God, they were called something completely different, then, weren't they? I mean, I think the administrator has always been the administrator, but um, the, the way that that's evolved has been crazy over the eleven years. Yeah, and now we're looking at twenty-five plus certifications. And back then, we were probably looking at about five. Yeah. And just the strength of this platform has just has actually enabled people like myself and my colleagues who've been doing this ten years to grow our careers in the same way not just through experience and videos because back then we didn't have trailhead we learned through bitter experience and we learned through uh delivering training ourselves to people i mean back yeah. in the would have to train people yourselves um and we learned from documentation and, and videos and now you can actually get hands-on with it on trailhead so it's it's a really interesting it's a very different way of of building your career on salesforce now that you have trailhead and you, um, again, I think a lot of people might might be in the same boat here. Although you did go to uni and do a, um, a degree, didn't you? So to, was yeah. that was it your plan to obviously the data analysis stuff you were doing? Was that always the plan to get to, to do that? Some something in 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 sort of IT. While I was at university, I had friends who had full time jobs. Yeah. And being a student was fun. Um, but I think I'd got to the point where I wanted to get out of break out of academia and come into the big wide world and make my own money and look after myself a bit because I'm quite an independent person. Mm. So that was the, the decision not to continue with things like masters or anything like that. Um, but I did do a, a technology degree. I was one of about five or six women who graduated from my class in 2005, which mm. frighteningly enough is like, nearly 20 years ago so that first the first roles that I had were in were in statistics I worked for an exam board and I um, worked for a fire service and I was pulling data and that helped me to get to understand in context a lot of the concepts about databases that I'd learned at university but I never expected to fall into something like this and now I feel like I'm kind of set for life it's not something I ever want to get out of doing I'm very happy That's doing Salesforce and it's funny because a lot of people I know, like yourself, have known for as long as 11 years now. They never, back then, people didn't necessarily deliberately get into Salesforce, much like in my industry. No one really wants to get into recruitment, but you end up doing it. But now um, people are deliberately trying to get into Salesforce. So it's, it's, I don't, I mean, maybe there will be some people from, from that, that period that, that, that knew what they were doing, but there seems to be a lot of stories of people that kind of fell into it um, yeah. and are now. Uh, in that sort of legendary status that you're in, which is great. The accidental admin. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, accidental architect now, isn't it? Surely that's, a, it that's is, the yeah, title. It's now yeah, now changed. So. so the journey then from you to Dun & Bradstreet was, was first. Then I, then I believe you, you moved to Access Point, didn't you? Which, if I remember rightly, was a um, still are perhaps a small consulting company. Yes. Um, I actually accepted a role with an end user. It was an insurance company. And... Um, I was all ready to go. I'd signed the paperwork and everything. And then um, I was encouraged to have a chat with somebody about a customer facing role instead. Mm. And I was, up until that point, I'd never been customer facing other than, you know, part time jobs while I was at uni and things like that. So um, I was a bit nervous and I had my job interview in the Holiday Inn at Handy Cross in High Wycombe and thought, why am I having a job interview in a hotel? But the guy was really um, friendly and, and explained what the role would be. And he said you'd actually be going in and out of different companies and helping them to implement Salesforce. So you get quite a variety. And it was really appealing. So I decided to go for it. I decided to um, to take that job instead. And I, I um, 
was there for a, a good year or so, just getting my feet on the ground um, in in the consultancy world. Um, before starting to enjoy that, realised that was what I wanted to do, and then moved into another role where I uh, was able to work on bigger implementations or corporate implementations, and my first. Um, foray into enterprise level implementations as well so that happened over the course of a few years afterwards when when you look at your profile now and and tell me if I'm being a bit harsh here but it kind of looks like it, it looks like you, you planned this perfectly and, and there was always your plan to go from an end user to a small consultancy to a slightly bigger consultancy um, and, and and the plan all the way through to where you are now was it deliberate or had it, did it just did it just kind of happen that way it, it kind of happened that way because actually I would say I wouldn't say that it was my career growth was necessarily aligned to Salesforce growth in in its entirety. But there is an element of that because Salesforce has been growing in popularity. Um, I would say it's really in the last five years it started to go postal in the UK mm. where you've got a lot of enterprise deals being sold by Salesforce and therefore a lot more outcry for experienced talent to go and implement those enterprise level projects because Salesforce is selling them faster than we can produce resources to actually deliver them. Um, but I would say in, t in terms of that, I think free, I tended to think about what I wanted from each job. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was, I want some experience. I want to do some projects. And then it became, oh, I want to do service cloud now. So I'll do hmm. some service cloud. And then it became, I'd like to do service cloud where it affects 250 plus people because, you know, knowing that you've been part of designing something that makes them more productive and helps them enjoy their day better, um, you know, is, is, is really quite a motivator. So I started chasing, <laughs> ch chasing the dopamine in some ways because yeah. I worked out what motivated me. Um, and and eventually I even gravitated towards financial force and went there for three and a half years to do um, uh, ISV work because I knew the application um, and I was really gaining a good understanding of the consultancy um, sector. So I really wanted to gain more experience in that. And, and with each successful project, that was um, something else that motivated me. It was interesting because I was looking at, you tick if you if you tick the boxes of what someone would want to do in Salesforce from from the beginning through to where you are now, and there's no obviously nowhere near the end. You've mm -hmm. you've done the end user, you've done the small consultancy, you've done a slightly bigger consultancy, you've done contracting, and then you've gone to a huge consultancy, and then you've gone to an ISV. So that's you've 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 tried everything at the moment, haven't you? Mm -hmm. I noticed um, no names mentioned necessarily, but the big big one you didn't really stay there hugely long. Did you find was there a reason for that? A lot of it was to do with the way that the market was at the time, because the market at the time for for a big, big consultancy, the kinds of projects that you're going to want to work on need to be massive. And yeah. they need to be, Salesforce needs to be part of, uh, one small part of a much wider program in order for those projects to be uh, profitable, um, especially when you've got hundreds of people working on those projects. Um, and at the time, I would, I would, it could be argued that Salesforce wasn't really there yet in, t in the UK in terms of those projects. Those mm. projects, we did have those projects. We had huge projects going on. Um, and at the time, there was, but at the time, there were kind of, 
it was during that growth, that key growth period where you've got a few really good enterprise customers and you're focusing on building the middle market up nicely so that you can then get enough stories behind you to then take it to the to, to you know really come up with a huge enterprise strategy and uh, but you need that growth and that that um, establishment in the UK first so I think that's yeah. where we were at the time so a lot a lot of a lot of us um, in in this in the Salesforce's um, market is very fast growing, and projects and a key USP of Salesforce is you can be up and running quite quickly. So your projects mm. don't last years um, necessarily; they might last months or they might last weeks. And back then, if we didn't have strategic projects, sorry, back then if we didn't have huge, you know multi-year programs of work coming through the door then the larger firms you know if you look at if you look at those pieces of work in comparison to other other huge implementations things like sap and oracle mm. those projects do take years Salesforce yeah. doesn't take years so from that perspective it became fairly difficult to get pro to get work of that level um and a lot of us didn't want to um a lot of us wanted to keep working and, and keep implementing so that our skills were being increased all the time and we were gaining a lot of the practical experience that we need. So I didn't stay there long because um, because frankly I just wanted to to get out there and, and keep using my skills. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. You're obviously somebody that likes to be at the cutting edge of stuff as well. Um, which which is great in Salesforce, isn't it? Because they're always bringing some. I, I mean, I'm I'm no technical person myself, but they, they're bringing new stuff out virtually every six months, aren't they? It's always like there's always something new and exciting coming up that you want to be at the the bleeding ev edge of. Have I got that right, or is it every year? Well, it, it can be hard to keep up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but... Salesforce make a lot of acquisitions, so mm. their base has grown from being sales service and a bit of platform and some integrations and some coding to now most of the stuff that you want to achieve in Salesforce, you don't need code to do. We've now got commerce cloud. We've now got uh, industry set industry specific um, focused packages. We've got CPQ. There's so so much to learn now, and I think. It, now I am actually finding that I don't want to learn absolutely everything that yeah. Salesforce has to offer. What I want to, to achieve is mastery of the platform, but yeah. not to the extent where I, I know absolutely everything, because I don't think you, it is possible to know everything about there, there is to know about Salesforce. Um, so that's something so you probably, 10 years ago, you probably could have said, oh, I know I know everything there is to know, I, I imagine I at least. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a goal of mine was to know as much was to know pretty much everything about the platform but you know the platform grows all the time so you, you have to be kind of strategic now about what you want to learn and what you want to specialize in that's, that's probably a decent tip for, for, for anybody thinking of you know anyone wanting to get into the world of salesforce or perhaps is in the world of salesforce but is feeling like looking around is it a tip to say what's your what part of it is your passion what part of it you know gets you excited um, sure. I, I actually get my enjoyment from um, speaking with clients at a strategic level about what they want to achieve in Salesforce and then transforming that into something that someone's using on a day-to-day -day basis. And if, if you have built the rule that is sending, that is automatically producing an email, uh, an email or an invoice, you know, just because of something that someone else has put in at the other end, you know, I actually, when that works, I've been known to dance around the room 
before now. Um, <laughs> I like enjoy that. I, you know, I can I understand that. I'm not a tech, like I say, I'm no, I'm no techie. But in recruitment, you get the buzz of finding someone the right job. I mean, don't get me wrong. At the beginning of recruitment, when you're starting out in your career, it's all about trying to get the the, the deal over the line. But as you get older and more experienced, it's, it's about knowing you've made a really good match. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine having that feel for some sort of something to do with technology. But I, I can appreciate <laughs> if that's your thing, then brilliant. Actually. <laughs> You know Teresa. She's she's um, my yeah. wife and business partner. She she builds our little um, Salesforce instance, and she gets that kind of weird kick when something something she's worked on works basically. Um, yeah. So I can can imagine that it must be quite nice. Um, what's it? So what was it like at Financial Force? Because that's um, you, you spent you know that's the biggest chunk of your of the eleven years you've been doing it. That was the longest you stayed in one place, wasn't it? Well, apart from where you are now, I think. Um, yes. What's it like to work at an ISV where you can from the outside looking in you're sort of going quite narrow aren't you with what you're doing it's interesting because an isv is a product-based company and the services that you deliver alongside that product are um, a separate revenue stream and an accompanying revenue stream so for me i wanted to try something different i wanted to um to actually be in a position where i could try and influence the roadmap in some way by and, and specifically, while I was at Financial Force, I was focusing on um, their PSA products, yeah. um, which is for professional services businesses. And having worked as a consultant, putting in timesheets, putting in expenses, planning projects, planning my resources and, and looking at utilization, you know, for me, that was something that I could relate to from my yeah. real life. And therefore, I wanted to kind of bring some of that real life experience into you know, in and share some of that, some of those experiences with the product teams and with with my colleagues and with my customers as well. So I really enjoyed working there from that perspective. Um, the difference is that from, I think it's a very different model because you are selling a product. Um, you know, and and we see it all the time with Salesforce as well. There are excellent features that you want to share, and you want you use those as hooks to get your customer in. It's a sales. Uh, it's a quite a sales-led organization. Yeah. Um, and for me, I actually focus on the value. I really like to understand in depth. I mean, when I'm on a project, um, I get quite immersed in it. I, I will use language like, okay, so how are we going to deal with our claims process? And I don't work for that company, but <laughs> yeah. I get immersed into it enough that I can – you know, and I get genuinely interested in how they work and how they operate, and therefore how to make the make Salesforce work as as well as it can do for that organisation. And Financial Force was a great mix of the product that you had to take out from the shelf and give to the customer and train the customer on it. But then on the other side of it was actually showing them how to how to bend it and how to make it work for them. Mm. And that's a, a lot of the reason I stayed there so long is is to have that triangulated experience where you're feeding back from the customers back to the product team to say, oh, it'd be really good. The customers think it'd be really good if you could do X, Y, Z. And then I go back into the customers and say, well, you know, it's a great piece of feedback. I'll feed that back to the product team. In the meantime, let's look at how else we can we can make this happen for you. Um, so it was a fant- it was a really fascinating insight. Um, yeah, and I wanna, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you actually, and I think you you, you possibly already touched on some of these, but what, if you could pick one project that you're most proud of, if if there is such a you know such a project with regards to Salesforce, what would, what would it be, and what why are you so proud of it? 
Um, so I can say this because it's 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 there's a press release out from a few years ago, but it's the, mm. it's the UK's National Audit Office. Okay. Um, we put in financial force, PSA and accounting, um, HCM and um, purchasing. And it was a suite of about four or five packages that went into Salesforce. And my role on that was to, was to be this, the PSA specialist, but also that was the project where I realized that my role was changing and that I was acting as a solution architect mm-hmm. because my responsibility was in, yes, looking after my little area, um, which was the project and resource management side, but also integrating that with the accounting side for expenses and for revenue, rec- uh, for cost recognition, um, implement you know reducing the number of spreadsheets um that hr teams had to work with by having the system create one having a user create one worker record and then having that trickle effect going into psa to create the resource going into accounting to set up the expenses account you know all stuff that would previously take about a week and about five manual processes would just happen at as someone clicked save on a worker record all that stuff would just happen and i really got quite a kick out of delivering that kind of um that kind of experience where it was just so much quicker but it it was a successful project i think as well because it was a real partnership with the customer um the guys at the nao are so smart and they spent a lot of time really immersing themselves in what their users needed to do and understanding the challenges and what the benefits needed to be and how they were going to measure against those benefits. So when we got there, they were 100% ready. They knew exactly what they wanted us to do. And they made working with them a really collaborative and valuable experience. So for me, I love that project um, because of the collaboration that happened. It was some fantastic minds all spinning ideas off each other. But also it was that transition to an architect kind of role where I was considering everything like the security, the volumes of data, the integrations, um, how we were going to govern the system after the, after it went live and all of those things. So it was a real Brilliant. great project. And as you say, that was your first moment then when you realize you're you're now a solution architect which must have been pretty pretty cool um and and that seems to overlap then with with you becoming are you the founder or one of the founders of ladies be architects uh, i am the founder what made you think of that <laughs> um i was working through my designer certifications and i hadn't done any certs for about three years um i have yeah. been been struggling with health challenges so I decided not to add any extra stress to my life um, at that yeah. time and just recover and when I started at Blue Wolf I had a great opportunity to do some certifications so um, and a great mentor as well so we had a few conversations about possibly doing the CTA certification at which point I just kind of laughed and went no <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's something other <clears throat> people do <laughs> yeah and um, I said, but what I'll probably like to get is application architect. And it became, let's go and do, so I decided to start with some certifications that I knew would be easy pickings for me. So data architecture, sharing and visibility were the two main ones I wanted to do because I'd use them in my time as an admin. Um, Skills that I needed to pass those exams were developed over those roles. So, I tackled those first and then yeah. I put some free vouchers. So I was like, oh, okay, I have to 
do platform developer one then um, and maybe a couple of others and I started to think you know what I'm actually really quite enjoying doing this I'm really enjoying all the things that I'm learning and yeah. I can feel that when I go in and see a new prospect or a new customer and they they're wanting to sense check a solution um, or my colleagues are asking me for help through doing the, through doing these certifications I've actually it's given me things to think about while I'm having those conversations yeah and things I can pass on to my to my colleagues like oh you want you think you want a workflow rule well, what's going to happen how's the data that is feeding that workflow rule um when you know where's it coming from how is it kept secure all of those things and I could feel myself becoming a better salesforce practitioner um so I decided to go and find, see if I could find any other architects that, you know, I went and joined the community online and was scrolling through a lot of the comments. And I, at the time, all I could see was lots of comments from men. And I was like, where are all the girls? I can't be the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask, who was that mentor that you just referenced? Uh, it was Andrew Hart. Oh, okay. I was wondering if it was, if it was a lady. But, uh, oh, I know Andrew. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, 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 you, so, that, so you decided, I mean, what... For people that don't know, um, and perhaps they probably won't know, Ladies Be Architects then, which is archladies.com. I'm just hovering yeah. on it now. Um, what, what, what is that? Is it, is it like a just a community basically for you guys to, to, to help people or to help other other ladies like yourself from five or six years ago to, to get these um, certifications? Uh, so I'm, well, I'm saying it for you. <laughs> exactly what is it? No, it's actually for everybody. Um, oh, cool. The reason that we have this now, and it's great, I mean, it started off as a where are all the girls, let's study together and help each other and let's get together every month and tackle a topic and ask questions and raise challenges and things like that. And then it became, actually, we shouldn't restrict this to ladies because a lot of men liked what we were doing. We were producing some content and it was helping lots of people. So we said, well, actually, this isn't, this this is a bit more than that. This is, this is helping everybody it just happens to be led by women um and on that side the purpose of having it led by women i mean that's our number one rule really is that if we're going to run sessions they have to be led by women is really so sure. because as women we're quite good at talking ourselves out of doing things and but if we do see other women doing something and we see them taking a lead and and getting up and doing things and being and having courage in them and, and belief in themselves, then actually that encourages other women to do it too. Well, you say you say um, talking yourself out of things. Is that uh, uh, certainly in this space? A lot of really good people I know, including yourself, have this thing that you, you can refer to as imposter syndrome. Do you mean that it's almost like you said earlier on with the CTA thing? Oh, that's something other people do. Do you still have that? little bit of niggling doubt about yourself if, if you know what I mean which which may be not a bad thing it drives you on possibly um is that fair or, or have you overcome that now I think that's a great question actually because if you'd asked me that four weeks ago then I would have said there have been lots of times when I feel like I shouldn't be you know I, I I'll give you an example I was doing a, a mock CTA exam and when I got in there I saw Three men um, who I know very well and are good friends, um, yeah. and one man who I didn't know very well, um, but we're on the at the same level um, professionally. And 
when I walked in there, all I saw was these three men who were a little bit older than me, and I thought, I shouldn't be in, I shouldn't be in this room. Who the hell is this girl? <laughs> she knows about all these systems. You know, she's been on the planet five minutes. She's been in, she's been working in IT for ten minutes. You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But um, <laughs> so- I did kind of freak out a little bit because I was like, I shouldn't be here. Why am I here? Like, this is ridiculous. How do I get here? And all three of these 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 gentlemen encouraged me and said, Jemmy, you, you, you are supposed to be here. This is your place at the table. You have every right to be here. And back then I was just like, yeah, 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 you're just being nice. And then last week when I got into my CTA exam. Um, last week? Wow, okay. Last week. Yeah. I went through that that whole procedure and it wasn't a mock it was the real thing I realized that I did deserve to be there and that I am capable of doing this and that all that other stuff that was haunting my thoughts just needed to go away um but but I had to go through that process to really understand it because the mocks are meant to be really hard yeah is you know how else are you going to be prepared so and so now I feel like I deserve it. And absolutely, I mean, there'll be people listening to this that will look at your profile on LinkedIn, listen to what you're saying, and think that you know what you're saying is crazy. You're clearly amazing at what you do. But um, again, it's a it's a popular, sorry, it's a common trait that I see with really good people. But you know, and you even feel it yourself, don't you? Sometimes you 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 know you get to a certain age and all these years of experience, but you still sometimes just feel like you're just winging it. Or maybe that's just me. Um, but um, yeah, that's um, that's pretty impressive. Do, do you know yet what the result is? How long does it take if it's been a week? It takes a couple of weeks, so I don't know yet. Oh, fingers crossed. Good yeah. night period where I don't know at the moment. So That's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have friends who've done it with me, so we're texting each other most days, like, have you heard yet? Or, you know, oh, I still keep... And the, the worst thing is, uh, like, leaving that room is you, your brain starts whirring and thinking about all the things that you think... <laughs> What you should have said and done, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, look, I don't know how it works. I mean, worst case scenario, how quickly can you do it again, or is it is it um, wait like board to come back? So, um, you know, looking at the timetable, I think it's in the later part of this year. So, if I have to to stop for a month or so and get back on the horse a bit later on in the year, then so be it. You know, it takes as long as it takes. Well, when this, when this goes out, hopefully by the time it goes out, you'll 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 know, and we can I can put a little follow up message in there for everyone to let them know that that it went well. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. Um, I, I'm I'm wary of taking up far too much of your time. Um, so I've got if actually a little thing to wrap up on. I reckon for people listening, they might be keen to know if you had one sort of piece of advice you could give somebody that perhaps is that person like you at Dun & Bradstreet did they just fall into a Salesforce role or something or they are looking to get into it either way what would the advice if you had any advice what would it be for somebody looking to sort of start their career in, in Salesforce um, and I appreciate I've sprung that on you so you're not prepared for that but do you no, have no. any any sort of tips or anything like that yeah yeah actually um, it's different now to what it was when I first began but there is there are there are quite a few different roles out there um, for mm. you to get into and it's okay if, you, if it's perfectly okay and in fact you know very I think it's a great thing if you if you want to continue in that role of looking after your your Salesforce org for your company because you are effectively going to be 
in charge of your in charge of it and therefore you'll get to know so much more about your own business um, as each department wants to come and play in Salesforce you'll get to learn more about the different business processes that take place um, if you want to go consulting the trade-off is that you'll have to travel yeah. uh, many many roles um, which involves taking time out away from your from your family potentially um, but the the other side of that is you'll get to work across a myriad of different industries um, and if you like one particular industry, why not specialize in that industry? If you like banking, you can, there's plenty of banks who, who um, have long-term engagements with Salesforce now that you can um, get involved in. Um, similarly, if, you, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to develop something that no one's ever developed before and mm. take to market. There's such an amazing opportunity with organizations like um, uh, there's supportive organizations um, like like Rad Women Code who can help you learn to code. Really? Uh, okay. Rad, so Rad, I might get you to send me some of these authors and I can yeah. post them. Rad Women Rad, Code. Rad Code, um, the WIT, uh, WIT develop, uh, Women in Tech Developers Group um, also are entrepreneurs themselves. So they encourage any women who want to perhaps take on um, something different, build their own app exchange package. Um, you can apply for funding through Salesforce Ventures, which runs every year at Dreamforce. They have a, a Dragon's Den style pitch, I think mm. it's called Dream Pitch, where you can take your idea to a panel of investors and then, you know, you might get some money towards your venture. So there's, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, and then there's other things that you can grow into over yeah. the years as well and I would think about what you value as a person I personally value learning um, I so I like being in consulting because from every single engagement I have I learn from um, I also like being an architect because I'm now in an advisory role so I'm learning um, different skill set to what I had 10 years ago where I was yeah. literally working pure technology now I'm actually trying to help other people grow and I discovered I had skills I didn't know that I had. I discovered that I enjoyed those things more than I thought I would. And I think the biggest the biggest advice I can give is 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 that you you can't guarantee that what you want right now is going to be the same as what you want in five years time. So if I'm in an interview and someone says, where do you see yourself in five years? I actually have been known to turn it on its head and go, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, <laughs> because personally, I think that's not really a fair question to ask. Well, if, you'd, if you'd have asked you, you know, 10 years ago, where do you see yourself? You know, if, I'm, I'm guessing, putting words in your mouth, that you probably would never have thought that you'd be where you are now, would you? When you're no. back in the Axis Point days or Dun & Bradstreet days. Um, no. yeah. I just wanted to work with Salesforce. That's been the constant for me. I've stayed with Salesforce. I plan to stay with Salesforce. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't, I might, my role might change while I'm working with Salesforce technologies. Um Right now, I am quite. Ha I've got other priorities. I've got a child to 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 grow and develop and keep how, out. How old's your little one now? She's seven. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It goes a bit fast, doesn't it? So now I've managed to keep it alive. I've got to keep it out of jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So that and that's that's always an interesting thing, isn't it? With with careers in, like you said about consulting and travelling. So you obviously you're still working for a consultancy, but how do you manage to juggle that? Um. Well, um, I have a support, a really good support network around me, and we all help each other. So when they need me to cover, I'll cover, and then, um, you know, when I need them to cover, they'll cover me. So that's sure. how I, I work it out. And actually, this time I'm taking my daughter to Trailhead DX. Really? 
yeah and she's going to be handing out stickers and raffle tickets and just trying to understand a bit more of mummy's world a little bit and that helps me because I'm trying to show her that if she's got something she enjoys and wants to do in her future that it's okay to it's okay to there's a reason why she has to go to school every day she needs to be educated Mm. so that she can decide she has she can make a more informed decision and I'm trying to lead by example um in that regard so she knows that also because I've historically been the breadwinner as well in my family um she knows that if mummy has to go away and work it's so that we can afford to live in the house and eat food and you know have toys and presents at christmas so yeah. she she's starting to understand that much better now unbelievable so and and will she be encouraged to do some coding i'm already seeing a spin-off of maybe babies be architects or something like that that would be architects. yeah that'd be funny um yeah. she, she's actually on about um she wants to learn to code so i'm gonna <laughs> get her a scratch book and see how she gets on she loves it she loves minecraft see i'm too old i've heard of it i, do, I, I don't know what that is but <laughs> yeah good. the good thing is is she my, my cousin he's 11 he likes setting things on fire in minecraft thankfully <laughs> she's not reached that yet <laughs> brilliant <laughs> oh god well fantastic so she sees you on stage doing your awesomeness and probably is really impressed or or, or you know just thinks that's the norm i suppose i think she well she has said before i want to do what you do mummy and i'm like oh. well you know we'll get you in free certs next week <laughs> absolutely why not <laughs> it's a joke oh, oh, that's, oh, okay. that's amazing isn't it well um Brilliant! What what a great question uh, answer to my the first time I've asked that question. I can't imagine there's gonna I'm getting many better answers than that. Um, do, I and, and is there anything right now you're really excited about? I mean, it sounds like you're excited about everything to do with Salesforce, but is there anything else that that uh, you know you think people need to hear about before we say goodbye? I'm I'm at the moment I'm just all systems go for World Tour London. Oh next God, week. next week, yeah, of course. Um, so I've been doing my slides today, getting ready for my talk about. Um, customer readiness about whether you're really truly ready for your project and whether and how you're thinking about your scope and your your um implementation success so we do talk about that and then um i'm incredibly excited that this year at tdx trailhead dx in san francisco oh Gemma, sorry can you say that last bit again you just broke up what you said you're incredibly excited about so i'm incredibly excited about trailhead dx because the for the first year ever, there's an architect track. Oh, okay. So architects are being recognised as a as a completely different role that cuts across admin and dev. Right. So, okay. And it's so exciting to have been part of influencing that and working actively with Salesforce in the architect zones and helping them out this year. So I'm really, really excited about that. Fantastic. Well, hopefully I'll see you next week. Um, yeah. And- and thank you, Gemma, and thank you guys for listening to uh, the podcast. And uh, all, all the information we just got there from Gemma, uh, I will uh, I'll, I'll post up links to stuff so that you guys can can get easy access to all of that. Um, so again, yeah, thanks for listening, and hopefully tune in the next time when we'll be speaking to some more Salesforce legends for you. Thanks very much. Yeah.